this paper is really a, a kind of, in one dimension, a follow-up of the paper that uh, Sabina and I wrote uh, a while back in Journal Public Economics. Um, it's taking one of the measures and focusing on the properties of that one measure, the, what's it called, M0? Okay. And one of the pro properties of the measure is that it may not quite uh, reflect inequality of a particular type. Okay? And so we're addressing that here. We're trying to respond to questions. Could we do something to put inequality into the measurement of poverty? Much like Amartya Sen did with his paper, much like we did in our FTT paper years ago with the P2 measure. Okay? So that's kind of giving you a little bit of uh, background on it. Anyway, there are two forms of technologies for measuring poverty. You've seen uh, of course, unidimensional measures, and this is kind of my standard way of introducing multidimensional. Where you have a single welfare variable like calories. I mean, is it really a single variable? But eh, almost, right? Or many variables piled into one aggregate variable, such as expenditure. Or you might have multidimensional methods, where you have many variables that really are not commensurate and can't be meaningfully aggregated, okay? In terms of variables, you don't want to add them up beforehand. First, you want to look at deprivations. So this is sanitation conditions and years of education risk. Many variables also are left disaggregated on purpose because policy demands it. Even though you could aggregate them, you better not. Because you'll, you'll not be able to tell what's happening underneath and be able to respond to questions as to what is needed, say, in terms of uh, food and non-food consumption. Recently, there's been a lot of demand for multidimensional stuff. Here's a bunch of old papers with old measures. Uh, problem with those uh, original papers that talked about multidimensional poverty, they were building up from FDT, typically, and therefore were requiring cardinal data. Right, because you're measuring gaps. And most data out there right now are really ordinal or categorical. So you get a lot of these sorts of data in poverty measurement, and therefore you want techniques that don't yeah. require too much of the data. Alternatively, if they deal with ordinal variables, they tend to yield methods that are just too darn crude. Like the headcount. That's pretty crude. So, uh, or they may violate, so the headcount violates something called dimensional monotonicity, which says that if a poor person has a bunch of deprivations and then all of a sudden got another one, then it ought to be reflected in a higher level of poverty. So, headcount ratio, the multidimensional one, doesn't satisfy that clearly. Now, what does that mean? Hmm. The second one refers to the fact that the type of identification that was being espoused <coughs> or used with those measures, or with measures that are uh, could be used with ordinal data, are either the union or the intersection approach. And those two extremes did things crazy. They were truly extremes. So you need something in between, and that's where uh, we came around. Uh, dual cutoff method, adjusted head count. You address some of these problems. The, saw that it applies to ordinal variables, even categorical variables, 
uh, satisfy dimensional monotonicity. You could discern, you know, identification was somewhat discerning between, uh, you know, not <coughs> deprived in everything or deprived in nothing. <laughs> it satisfies key properties for policy analysis, which include the decomposability property that we all know and love for over the years. And uh, a second one that came to the forefront only with the multidimensional setting. Decomposability is generic, but by population. But breakdown by dimension, that's a different story. And the way that we could build up and break down and see gains in each dimension and gauge what's happening, it's really proved to be the difference between people wanting to use this and people not wanting to use it. I would say this is probably one of the key properties that has helped the, the methodology be applied. So there's a bunch of specific implementations I don't need to go into, you guys know. Um, one possible critique, however, despite the fact it's being used and all that, is that, well, maybe this isn't sensitive to the distribution among the four. And don't you think that and all that, shouldn't we have something, a version that has sensitivity to the distribution among the core? Well, there's two types of sensitivity. One of them is inequality, you know, within dimension, a cold type of inequality. Okay? And the problem is you need to have really some sort of cardinality to deal with that. But anyway, that's one form. And the second form is a kind of positive association across dimensions. So if I happen to have, uh, you know, I, I'm in poor shape, and you're in better shape, and then I wind up taking one of my deprivations, and sorry, you take one of your deprivations and give to me, then you know, that could have a, an impact on inequality measured by Bourguignon across dimension, but it also might be something that impacts poverty through the same logic that sends original arguments actually. So this is the Atkinson Bourguignon, and a bunch of other people have talked about positive association as another form of inequality. One possible, um, how, I'm very sleepy, so sometimes I'll read the same thing over twice. Forgive me, but I'll try to be entertaining and, and make a joke of it, because it's going to happen. Right. Okay. Many measures satisfy one of these or both. For example, the uh, adjusted FDT in Alcar Foster satisfies this sort of transfer. But once you want to satisfy this, well, it isn't applicable to ordinal variables, which is, of course, a very important characteristic as well, and used by every one of those practical examples, the you know, DNH and the rest. Okay? So we kind of want to break down, and we kind of want to have ordinal variables. And we'd maybe like to have sensitivity to inequality. So this paper begins with the method that's applied, that can be applied to ordinal data, the adjusted take-out ratio, and asks, can M0 be altered to obtain a method that's both sensitive to distribution on the floor and applicable to ordinal data? The answer is yes. That should be simply yes or simply yes. That's good enough. <laughs> it means it's easy. The key is an intuitive transformation from unidimensional to multidimensional measures that's implicit in M0. It's implicit in the Mexican version of M0, and I hope to get enough time to actually take me that. Tell me how, how much time is going on uh, so I don't over to speak. Um, okay. It's a transformation by the way that converts the targeted poverty gap into the standard. A targeted poverty gap 
is a measure which has two standards, two standards as two roles of poverty cutoffs. One of them is a cutoff to identify before, the other is a standard to gauge how poor the person is. Those two don't have to be the same numbers. Consequently, if you separate them, you can get a targeted poverty measure, and we talked about <coughs> that to show how when it's applied, the targeted poverty gap is applied to a particular distribution, we get the standard M0, poverty gap to one into Mexico's version M0. And it also obtains any number of multidimensional measures that are sensitive to the distribution of deprivations. So in other words, it's a, a very simple thing to construct ordinarily relevant poverty measures that have a certain distribution sensitivity. And in fact, one for every unidimensional poverty measure satisfying the transfer principle. Give me the Watts measure, you've got the multidimensional measure that does the right stuff across dimensions. Now notice, Watts measure within one dimension. Implication across dimensions. Interesting. In particular, the multidimensional measure obtained using P2 or the FPT index can be used as a natural extension of M0 and builds upon M0 like P2 builds on P1. Indeed, P1 is intuitive and part of M0. It's one of the ways of thinking about M0 as a gap measure, except you're looking at breadth, not depth. Okay, uh, however, we lose breakdown by dimension when we go to those measures. Is there any multidimensional measure sensitive to the distribution of deprivations and also could be broken down, down by dimension? I have convinced myself that there isn't and believe that I have a classical impossibility result. I think that Sabina actually has the proof of the result. But I'm trying to <laughs> write up myself my own proof because I have to convince myself that it's, it's true. But we argued through it and we believe that we can have one or the other, but not both. Consequently, there are trade-offs. Bottom line, we recommend using M0 and maybe an inequality measure beyond that. Okay, outline. Poverty measurement, dimensional transformations, impossibility and trade-off conclusions. Okay, poverty measurement, traditional framework of SEN. SEN, who's poor? Identification or targeting. Aggregation step, how much poverty is there? Evaluation and monitoring. Uh, typically uses poverty line for identification. Okay. Typically uh, uses poverty measure for aggregation. All right, so you know all of this stuff. You're familiar with the literature, identification, aggregation. Examples, we don't need to go into this, but you can tell that the fake gap ratio is just a mean of a deprivation vector. The normalized gap vector yields the poverty gap as a mean, and square root gap or FPT is just squaring those gaps. Properties are listed here for the headcount ratio. Add in alpha equals one, the poverty gap, you get monotonicity, two, you get transfer. The poverty line actually has two roles, as I was explaining to you just a second ago. First, it's the separating cutoff between the target group and the remaining population. Also, in the aggregation step, it's the standard against which shortfalls are being measured. In some applications, it could make sense to separate those roles. Why not? You may be interested in the ultra-poor. You may be interested in 
absolute versus a relative concept? Can you focus on the absolute subset of those who are relative core? Okay? And I've just got to be talking about the hybrid analog of all of this. So there's a role for defining something called a targeted polynomial. It has actually two cutoffs. One is the standard against which you measure the shortfalls, and the other is the cutoff, the targeted cutoff. Did it? Okay. And just to give you an example, suppose that we had uh, incomes, 7148 is the four poverty standard, and the targeted poverty is cut off, one, two, three. Who is poor, identified as being this type of poor in the target group, just the one person with one, not the previous person who had four. Deprivation vector, you've dropped one, therefore a different number. The uh, normalized gap, same thing, squared gap. These numbers actually are pretty close to what they were before, so interestingly enough. Because obviously the person we threw out wasn't important. So target FTT properties, there's a bunch of properties with some preface here for the focus. You have a targeted focus axiom, which means that you're saying something about people beyond the target cutoff, which doesn't pay attention to their incomes. Uh, or targeted monotonicity, which is likewise paying attention to the cutoff, the lower one, and targeted transfer within the group who are below the cutoff, okay? The, the lower cutoff. So you can alter those properties, you get the same kind of structure, just slightly different, has interesting applications. Okay, so this is the idea behind it. Particularly helpful if different poor people have different circumstances and demand different policies. By the way, the whole idea of targeting, uh, this, this could be discussed a lot more. Just You don't have to just use a poverty cutoff, okay? You could have other identification structures that would choose a, a subset of the existing pool. And this is a really interesting discussion for, for research, topic for research. This is what, where the action is among some of the people at the bank right now. I know I've been talking to Michel Ocean about this and so on. Really interesting issues that are coming out. Okay, so how to evaluate poverty with many dimensions. Hmm. Previous work tended to focus on aggregation for the identification step. Here's what happened. Problem, the first two are impractical, the last is immediate likely inapplicable to ordinal data. Okay, we know all of this stuff. AF methodology, we know all of that. Dual cutoff method, um, we know that as well. The idea behind the methodology, of course, is that you're poor if you're multiply deprived enough. So it's a focalized targeting, a separation of those who have deprivations, but not enough and those who have many deprivations. Example, you know this picture. And you also know the conversion of the matrix to a deprivation matrix, and then to a sensor deprivation matrix, taking into account cutoff tables two. So identification is who's poor, k equals two, you know these two people are, equal or greater. Now sensor, that's what we do here. Ignore the deprivation of the person down here who isn't poor. Goodbye. That's not a priority for us, I'm sorry. So we get rid of those right now. 
The Ministry of Health, this is health, can focus on those people, but right now we're going to focus on the poor for the Ministry of Social Development. <coughs> of course, you can do the same thing for the gap measures and the censor, uh, the squared gap with the censoring in evidence in the bottom row. Obviously, you need cardinal data for doing that. Aggregation gives you the whole class, which is given here as a mean of this matrix or that matrix or the previous matrix. So it's a mean of the respective sense matrix. Now that's just introducing the, the class that you guys know, I'm sorry. You have a bunch of properties. You know from the paper, I won't go into them. Okay. Poverty measures with alpha greater than zero use gaps. They require cardinal. I just repeated myself. So let's look at the adjusted-hate count ratio. Adjusted-hate count ratio is given by this. You know it as well as I do. It has a bunch of properties. I seem to be repeating myself. I think it's you know being on the plane and staying up all night and putting in the extra pages to convince myself it's true. Uh, different types of properties. Uh, no, no transfer property. No transfer property uh, within dimensions or across dimensions. Requires cardinal variables. This doesn't. And therefore, we might be able to say something. New property. Dimensional monotonicity was a new property we introduced in our old paper. And I explained it already. Dimensional transfer is a new property, which wasn't explained before, and essentially says that poverty should fall when total deprivations among the poor in each dimension are unchanged. Okay, just no change in each dimension. But are reallocated according to an association increasing, decreasing, I mean, rearrangement among the poor. That means that we're kind of fuzzying it up. There may have been a real dominance at one point, and now you're saying, okay, let's mess up the dominance and give a little, give a, a deprivation or attainment the opposite way. So that now you can't really tell as much who is better and who is worse. Okay. Adjusted headcount satisfies dimensional monotonicity, but just violates this transference. Just violates its neutral limit. Okay. Are there other related measures satisfying that property? New measures. Idea. Construct augmented attainment matrix. For the poor, replace deprivations with attainments. For non-poor, replace zero with one. Okay. Count the augmented attainments and create a vector distribution. Apply unidimensional poverty measure P to obtain this new type of multidimensional measure as a transformation of a unidimensional poverty measure and an attainment matrix going the other way around. Hypothesis, these properties are linked back and forth. So here we have the achievement matrix. Here we have the attainment matrix. So zeros for those who were deprived. It's the opposite, if you will, of the deprivation matrix. And then you can count the payments, create this distribution, A. Apply a new dimensional poverty measure for that distribution. So here's a definition. B is the multidimensional poverty measure. K is the cutoff as we usually consider it. And there's some Z or Z, which is a going to be derived from K. Uh, P is the universal poverty measure. Yeah, K is derived. And I, I use this. I mean, there are other transformations. This is the simplest one when I'm using equal weight, you know, across dimensions. Uh, example, 4203. P is a poverty gap with weak identification, meaning that you're poor if you're less than or equal. It's the same original definition of who is poor. You have a poverty line or below. It's kind of weird, but that's how you did it. And I did it in my paper. Uh, K is equal to 2, Z equals 3. Then B is H times A prime, where A prime, where H is multidimensional head count, and A prime is an intensity 
measured as the number of deprivations beyond the cutoff. So if you know the Mexican example, this is Mexico. Okay, so apply the poverty gap, some details about whether it's greater than or less than for this identification, and whether it's greater than for the K cutoff, it is greater in the Mexican case, and you have Mexico example that comes right through this transformation. The properties of B depend on the properties of P. Poverty gap satisfies monotonicity, hence B satisfies dimensional monotonicity. A means you have more, depri more deprivation, less, fewer deprivations. So your achievement is up. Strictly, poverty would fall by the gap. So you get deprivation monotonicity. Lower deprivation, better. Raise and worse. Same follows for a whole bunch of, pro of uh, properties. Alternatively, you could do this all for targeted measures. Define B to be equal to P of the distribution, and then Z and ZT. Same sort of transformation. Example, if you have P being a poverty gap with strict identification, like we usually have in poverty measurement, then B is, in fact, the multidimensional head count ratio. A is intensity measured as the number of deprivations and identifications. We should be the other way around, right? Greater than or equal. OK, so that transformation is what's going on with M0. We're separating out who is poor and the standard against which you're comparing the intensity. It's D minus you know, some uh, K, right? So that's what's happening here. It isn't the cutoff minus the, you know, the, the, the lower G. Oh, give me just one more second. Oh, you have 15 minutes. <laughs> Target poverty gap. I've been speaking very quickly. I apologize. Let me the best is coming. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to speak a little bit slower. Target poverty gap satisfies targeted monotonicity. Hence, B, associated B, satisfies dimensional monotonicity, once again, but it's the targeted. It's, it has to do, I have to alter the definition a little bit to take into account. Um, no, it satisfies dimensional monotonicity. I'm sorry, don't have to do anything. The same follows for a bunch of properties. If P satisfies the transfer principle, then B satisfies dimensional transfer. And so that's the idea, you, you have this counting vector where you can do transfers, and those transfers are actually associated with, well, go along with this positive association and negative association. Measuring within a dimension translates to this form of inequality that Professor Atkinson discussed a heck of a lot in his papers earlier. Okay, so you could let P be the targeted FGT or watts, and you get a measure simple as you want. In fact, you have all kinds of transfer-sensitive, transfer measure, uh, measures that satisfy the transfer principle that you need to mention. Okay, lesson. It's trivial to construct multidimensional measures that are, in some sense, in this sense, sensitive to inequality across dimension, uh, deprivations. Just use a distribution-sensitive, unidimensional measure and transform. But what cost? Well, the measure associated with P2 doesn't satisfy 
breakdown by dimension. Same for ordinary. So targeted or not targeted ain't going to happen for different reasons, but isn't going to happen. And so there's a theorem almost proved that can't give you the great intuition right now, but it has to do with something that Potnik had proved in a, in a, a result which had uh, additive poverty measures okay, being not being able to satisfy a transfer property, a particular form of additive measures, additive by component. So he has this impossibility result that's just an epsilon from Mars. So, is dimensional breakdown important? Yeah. I mean, you can talk about the composition of poverty changes over time by indicator, analysis, composition of poverty across group, time, increment, I don't know what the hell that means. So, <laughs> it is important, as you have seen in your own work. So, we can move to distribution sensitive measures. The trade-off here, we're claiming, we have approved it, we're claiming, is that you're going to lose something in the process. Easy to construct measures, but you lose this key element of the toolkit. Alternative way forward, the one that I just got through saying, construct, use M0, or you know, your favorite measure that has this property, the only one I know, and uh, construct the associated measure of inequality and go to town. I believe that Suman has a paper talking about inequality and on, in, in this respect, and so I would probably consult Suman. Okay, I think that's it. I have too many things here. I don't know where it's going. Thank you, that's where I'm going. <laughs>